Welcome, and thanks for checking out the Living Word Family Church Sermon Podcast. Before we get to the message, we'd like to invite you to check out Living Word Family Church if you don't already have a church home. For more information, you can check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. Hello, friends. Welcome to Wednesday night. I hope you're doing well. It's a good time to be doing well, drawing closer to God. He said if we'd draw close to Him, He would draw close to us. So it's a good time to be doing that in this day and this hour. We really need to shore up our faith walk. That's a little bit what I'm going to talk about tonight. It's called Passion of Faith Confession. And before we get started, let's pray. Father, I pray and thank you so much that you've shown us the truth. We have the Word of God, which is true, and it, and it gives us answers for every situation. The Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight, and may we do that. And may we understand that we have a responsibility, that you gave us the measure of faith, but we're to grow that faith and we're to speak that faith. So we just thank you tonight for this word that goes forth. It'll help each and every one of us to draw closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, over in 2 Corinthians 4.13, it says this, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed and therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. I mean, even though faith has to have an expression, has to be released, it's not one. It's not just good enough to say, "Well, the pastor says this," and you know, I, I, I believe that. No, you have to begin to speak what God's word says, and uh, it's important. Faith is alive in two places. I always think it's alive in two places: in your heart and in your mouth. And uh, in order to grow faith, we have when we walk by faith, we have faith's confession, a confession unto faith, and a, uh, a confession of faith. But over in Hebrews eleven six, it says, without faith, it's impossible. He didn't say it was maybe, it was, no, he said it's absolutely impossible to please God without faith. But you know what? He's been such a good God, he's given us the manual, how to walk by faith, given us the word of God to tell us how exactly to grow our faith and speak our faith. Now, you know this scripture, <clears throat> excuse me, over in Mark uh, 11, 20 to 23, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but in verse 22, after he had uh, cursed the uh, fig tree, Jesus said, they asked him, how could that be? And he goes back, he says, have faith in God. Listen, we have to have greater faith in God than all that's going on in the world. We have to have greater faith in God than our financial uh, uh, situation. We have to have greater faith in God than our than our doctors and, our, and all the people around us. We have to have faith for for finances and faith for uh, just living uh, our life in a way that's pleasing unto God. But he said, have faith in God, trust in God. That's what, really what it means. Have a trust in God that his word is true and he'll never go back on his word. <laughs> Let God be true and every man a liar. That means when people speak against this word or something doesn't uh, go along with this word, they're a liar because God is true. Amen. Amen. But then it says, for surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things which he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Have faith in God. Trust in God. Hey, listen, I wrote this down. It's a spiritual law. We are what we confess. How many of you know that? You know, uh, I always remember reading a the uh, uh, little, uh, what was the little train story? 
uh, when, and uh, about going up the side of a hill and the little, the little engine that could, that was the name of it. I remember reading that to my kids and, and girls when they grew up and then my grandkids. And if you remember, there were big engines that couldn't, wouldn't pull the train and there were others that couldn't pull the train. And then the little engine said, they went, finally went to the little engine and he said, what did he say? I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. Listen, if, if you think you can do what God's word says, you can. But if you think you can't, then you won't. So it's, we are what we confess. What we confess will, will determine what we have and what we have become, uh, and what we become in life. We will rise to the, to the level of our confession, either up or down. We can go down with it or we can go up with it. Brother Higgins said, if you're not satisfied with what you have in life, then change what you're saying. Change what you're saying. Say what God says. I mean, you know that uh, I always loved Brother Higgins' little book called In Him. It tells us who we are in Christ. We begin to agree with that. Listen, we've all had a past. We've all had sins we've been forgiven of. We just got to get up and go forward. How many of you can live in your past and, and never, never go to where God wants you to go? But he goes on to say, uh, change what you're saying. You're, what you are, you are is a result of what you've been saying. What we have and what we are is a result of what we say and what we believe today and yesterday. Amen. Hebrews 3.1 says, Jesus is the high priest of our confession. He's the one we, we can say. How many of you know where it is? The pray things, speak things in Jesus' name because he's the high priest forever at the right hand of God making intercession for us. But it also in Hebrews 4.14, it tells us to be tenacious in holding to God's promise. Aggressively pursue God, study his word and build up your Faith, faith, confession, saying the same thing. I mean, you know, Jesus always said what he heard the Father say to him. He always went about doing what the Holy Spirit and what the Father had said. He was directed by those things. And he spoke to things. He spoke to all kinds of things. He spoke to demons. He spoke to uh, bodily things. He spoke to Peter's mother-in-law who, <clears throat> who was sick with a, a fever. He sold the fever. He rebuked the fever. And the fever went out in Jesus' name. So we have to learn some things from what God says. The Greek text says, let us hold fast saying the same thing, what we are to say, God's word. That's what we're to say. That's why it's important to read the Bible. That's why it's important to hear the word of God. That's why it's important to speak the word of God for yourself because it builds your faith. Then when time comes, uh, the, the, uh, the, the struggle comes, the problem comes, you can speak what God has said. It's kind of like uh, they talk about muscle memory uh, when you play a sport and they say you, go, you do something over and over and over and over. So when you get into contests, you don't have to think about it anymore. And, that, and that's due diligence. Well, it's the same thing. We as Christians need to speak the word of God over our situations, over our life, saying who we are in Christ, doing the things he's called us to do. If we do, when the situation arises that we need to have faith to stand against the wiles of the devil, we can speak those things just like Mark 11, 22 and 23 said. Amen. So believers, confess and receive. Listen, I'll just give you three examples of faith. There's a confession, or uh, uh, three examples of confession. 
Confession unto salvation. Well, we know that Pastor Scott and Pastor Larry before him and even myself have said, how do you get saved? Well, Romans 10, 9 and 10. We know that. You, you want to, somebody ask you sometime, well, what do I do to accept Christ? Well, he doesn't make it too difficult. We just have to humble ourselves. But let me just read that to you real quick. It says, but what does it say? The word of God is near you. <laughs> that means you are there. You, the word of God is near you. Where? In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we preach. That's what Paul was saying. He says that if you confess with your mouth, now there you go. You have to confess it. It's not just enough to say, well, I think I believe that to somebody. No, I confess Jesus Christ tonight, today. You, you, you should do that too all the time. You should thank Jesus for your salvation on a regular basis. Jesus, I thank you and praise you that you saved me for not only for this things in this life, but for eternal salvation. Wow, what a, what a thing. It says, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart. There's that believing in your heart. What do we do? We believe, we speak, we receive. It goes on to say, and that God, your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you will what? Be saved. For with the heart, one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So we, have, we know that. That's how most of you watching this, if you've never made that confession of faith, you need to do that tonight. Ask Jesus in your life. Say, God, I'm a sinner and I'm asking you to come into my life. I believe Jesus Christ was your son, was uh, died and rose again the third day. And I believe in my heart and I speak it with my mouth. I confess it out. Well, that's one thing. Then there's the confession of sins. How I many of you know in 1 John 1, 9, we, if we say we haven't sinned, it, 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 uh, it makes him out a liar. But if we confess our sins, after we've been born again, he's faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, amen? To forgive us and cleanse us, amen? And then there's a confession of God's word, who we are and what we can do through Christ. Very important passage. In Philippians 4.13, Paul says this, I can do all things through Christ, through strengthens me. Now, we live in a society today where we think we can do it all on our own, even in the Christian world. But listen, we got to get away from that and get over and saying, asking God to help us and show us and direct us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Faith like love finds its joy in the continual confessing of it. Listen, it's hard to, to say you, you don't love somebody if you're saying it all the time. If you're, if you're married, tell your spouse on a regular basis, I love you. I love you. I really do love you. Now, you may not always agree with things. And maybe you don't really love them as the way you should. But I guarantee you, you, you begin to talk like that. I love my kids. I love, <clears throat> love my church. I love, you know, when you say you love God and don't love people, uh, you're, you're probably uh, a long way from being a Christian. <clears throat> the more we say we love someone, the more of a reality it becomes. Now, you've heard this story before. I probably said it myself. There was a man and his wife went to uh, counseling. She wanted to go to counseling. And they got there and the counselor says, well, what's going on? And the wife says, he, he never says he loves me anymore. And the husband told, said, well, I told you that when we first got married. If I change my mind, I'll let you know. Well, that isn't the way you, you, you secure a marriage. That isn't the way you secure relationships. In fact, we're not only to love somebody we can 
get along with and somebody we, it says love our enemies. We're to love our enemies and pray for those that despitefully use us. How I many of you know when you begin to pray for somebody that you don't even like, pretty soon you'll understand that, hey, there is something. God loves them and I can love them too. Amen? Amen. Now, over in Deuteronomy 28, uh, verse 1 through 6, it says this, if you shall, and this is a King James Version because I want to use the word hearken. If you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command this day, that the Lord thy God will set you on high above the nations of the earth. And all these blessings, um, you need to go over and read that. I'm not going to read them all, but there's so many. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God. That word hearken in the Hebrew, it's a Hebrew word. And it means to hear intelligently. I mean, you know, we need to hear intelligently what the word of God says. We can't just throw it out and see what sticks on the wall. We have to know what it says. It also means to be obedient. And the other thing it means is to declare. I mean, you know, we're to declare God's word. Hearken unto it. Declare it. Be obedient and declare it. Diligently, that word, holy, completely, far, fast, and louder and louder. That's that's what that means. So here's Charles Caps. I read one time in one of his books. He paraphrased it this way on, on Deuteronomy 28. It shall come to pass if you shall hear intelligently. Very important, isn't it? Hear intelligently, be obedient to, declare wholly, completely, fast, far, louder and louder what God has said. In other words, don't be afraid of what God has said. He is my... <laughs> Go around saying he's my savior. He's my baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He's my uh, 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 pro uh, financial prosperity. He's he's my health. He's my, all those things. He's my healer. Uh, I got a thing on my wall up here in this upper room and it says, he shall be called. I mean, you know, Jesus has got so many names throughout the Bible, but he you have to make it personalized. When you make it personalized, he can be all you say he is to you. So you begin to say those things, but it goes on to say uh, what God has said to observe and to do all his commandments, then all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you. How'd you like to be overtaken with all of God's blessings? Why don't you just begin to uh, uh, confess those things? Lord, I thank you that I'm blessed. Blessed going in, blessed going out. I'm a blessing. I'm, I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm blessed and am a blessing. Say that about yourself a few times every day. Say, wherever I go, I, I cause blessings to come upon people. I bless because I can say a right word at the right time to help people. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, over in John 15, 7, it says, if you abide in me. How many of you know if we abide in him <laughs> and my words? How many of you know words are so important, aren't they? The old saying is, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Biggest lie there ever was. Biggest lie there ever was. I can remember being in fights or being <laughs> kicked around a little bit growing up, back, but I can't remember who it was. But I'll tell you what, I can remember some coaches that said things about me or somebody else said things about me. You don't forget that real easy. And I'm sure there are a lot of you out there that have had the same thing happen. But it says, if my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now, why is it important? It says my word. Because when you say his word, you're saying his his, his desire already for you. You're not saying, oh, I'm gonna, I want this desire over here. I want somebody else's house. And I think somebody ought to do this, that or other for me. No, you're saying, Lord, 
I agree with your word that I'm blessed going in, blessed going out. The word of God is in my heart. And I'm going to, I'm asking you for this desire that I have. He said, I'll be done. Words are expression of thoughts and, and desires. God's word is the expressed image of his substance or his person. When we have the promise of God, this is God's expressed image. When we have the promise of God, what I just say earlier, he's a man that cannot lie. He's a son, not the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it, shall he not bring it to pass? So when you see a promise and you rejoice in that promise, when you begin to thank him for that promise and you begin to espouse that promise, you can begin to walk in that promise. Amen. It goes on to say, God gave us all things through his promises, his word, and by conceiving the promises, we can be a partaker of his divine nature. God spoke the world into existence. We can speak things into existence too. Now there's a passage over Matthew that I, that I like because it's important and it goes right along with what the words that we speak. It's over in, uh, let me find it here real quick. It's Matthew 12, verse tw uh, 35. I'll get there in just a second. I've got all kinds of things marked up here. There it is. He's talking to these Pharisees and Sadducees and scribes, and, and, and they're mocking him. And, and, uh, and he says in verse 33 of chapter 12, he says, you either make the tree good and its fruit good, or you make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. How many of you know you'll be known by your fruit? What are you producing? Are you producing good fruit? the kind of fruit that others can take and say, that's a person of, of honor. That's a person of integrity. That's a person that loves God. Amen. Goes on to say, he calls them a brood of vipers because of the way they talk. How can you being evil speak good things for out of the abundance of your heart, of the heart, the mouth speaks. I mean, you know, that's why it's important to have good things in your heart. That's why it's important to have the word of God in your heart, because if not, you're going to speak out those things that are in your heart. You always find out where what's in your heart when the pressure gets on too, don't you? So it's important to re recite the word over and over and read the word and, and know because when you open your mouth, you ought to be able to say what God says. It goes on to say, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things and an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account for it in the day of judgment. Wow, every idle word. What, what's an idle word? Uh, something that doesn't make something. <laughs> something that, that just comes off the cuff. Something that, oh, I just think, I think, I think, I think, and then has no uh, uh, connection with what the word of God says. It's just our opinion, all the time throwing out our opinions, aren't we? Well, that can be an idle word too. And we have to be careful of that because we're going to stand accountable for that. Because he goes on to say, by your, for by your words, you will be what? Justified. In the day of, <laughs> and when we stand before him, we're going to be justified either by our words or uh, by the words that you will be condemned by our words. So let's, let's stick to what God says. Let's stick to what, what God says to do. Let's stick to what God says that we should do in our mouth. It says, by your words, you will be justified and held accountable. Let me turn this page here. Out of the abundance. Well, what do we have out of the abundance? You'll find out. 
what are you saying? Are you building things up? Are you tearing things down? Are you making things good or are you making things evil? That's what he says. Faith finds its expression through the words we speak. So make sure you're speaking the right things. Amen? Amen. What words are you speaking every day? Take, take stock. Sometimes I say some things I wish I hadn't said. And it's usually somebody close to me in my family. And then I have to go ask them to forgive me, which is good. But it's still, it can cause problems if you're not careful, if you're speaking too many of those things. Here's four things that words will do to you and for you. Number one, it'll identify you. Words are your faith talking, either positive or negative. That's what we just read. You can make it good or, or, or uh, negative. And uh, many times we do that. Ask yourself, what are we saying? My producer's given me 10 minutes to go, so I'll try to keep going here. Establishes boundaries. The words will control how far you can or can't go in life. Boy, I'll tell you what. It's, there's an attitude of faith. Uh, John Maxwell writes a book, the, the, the greatest, uh, how is it? Um, the greatest thing you can have, and most people would say, is an attitude, the right attitude. Well, there's an attitude of faith too. You know, an attitude of faith. I'm speaking God's word, even when I don't feel like it, especially when I don't feel like it. Because I've said many times, I've said to you many times here, it's easy to praise God and, and believe God and stand and confess God's word when everything's going well and you're feeling good. But when you're not, that's the time you really not to take it up a notch. God, I don't feel good. Maybe maybe it's a bodily thing or maybe it's something that's happened to me in other situations. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's finances, whatever it is. But I'm going to say what your word says. I'm going to speak to those things in Jesus' name. It establishes bond, uh, boundaries. Number three, words affect your spirit. Strengthen or destroy your belief in God and what he says about you. Your words. How I many of you know God is always for us? The Bible says that God be for us, who can be against us? Well, we can be against ourselves by the words that we say. So it's important that we know that. Oh, number four, words affect your faith. They either turn your faith loose or they limit what you can accomplish. Words. Why? Because out of the abundance of the heart, those words are going to come out. So what's in your heart tonight? Uh, you remember the story, I'll just make it quick. Remember the story in Mark 5 where the woman with the issue of blood. Well, you know, she had had an issue of blood for 12 years and, and had, doctors couldn't help her. But then she heard about Jesus. How many of you know we've heard about Jesus? And we need to hear about everything he's done and will do for ourselves if we'll let him. And she said, if I may touch the hem of his garment, she said out of herself. Well, she got healed, obviously. She touched the hem of his garment and Jesus knew that virtue or power had went out of him. And he turns around and he says, excuse me, who touched me? And she was afraid to tell him, but she did. And he said, woman, your faith has set you free. Her faith. I believe what Jesus can do, he'll do for me. And I, if I can just touch him. Amen. How many of you need to touch him tonight? You know, the other story of great faith was with the centurion where his servant was sick. And he went to Jesus. He heard about Jesus and he said, and Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. He says, uh, I'm, I'm not worthy that you come to my house. And, and he said, uh, but just say a word. <laughs> just speak a word. How many of you know speaking the words of life into some situation can change 
all kinds of things in your life. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of what? The tongue. Death and life are in your tongue and my tongue. Hebrews 4, 14 says again, hold fast our confession. Satan is the thief trying to steal God's word out of our heart and mouth. What you think determines what you believe. What you believe determines what you say. And what you say determines what you will have. That's, that's the truth. If you're believing God and, and growing your faith and saying what God says in situations in your life, you're going to begin to see things turn around. If you don't, you won't. It goes on to say uh, we can build our faith, especially in the days we're living in. Faith must have a voice. We must speak things out, what God has said. Uh, here's another. I read this somewhere. I can't remember where it was. Another rendering of Mark eleven twenty three. 23. It says, truly, anyone who speaks to the mountain, dump yourself in the lake and doesn't become separated from the statements he, statement he makes, that person will actualize his statement. In other words, he'll bring it to pass. That's what we're supposed to do. God's looking for us. God wants us to put his word in our heart and in our mouth. He's also looking for us uh, for the person who will confess his word and hang on to it so he can prove himself faithful. God is so faithful. Hallelujah. We Most of us have testimonies of the things that God has done for us over the years. Aren't you glad that he's always faithful and he's faithful to his word? So what do we want to be speaking in this day and this hour of all this confusion and all this chaos and this craziness? Listen, be careful what you hear. Be careful what you watch. Get the word of God in your heart coming out of your mouth and you'll see prosperity in your life like never before. You'll see the blessings come to pass. Amen? Amen. This is, this is just a little bit elementary, but we need to go back to the basics all the time because it's, listen, the basics will put you over and it can cause you to win or cause defeat in your life. So uh, take, take this time and really get close to the Lord. So let me just pray before I get off here. Father, we thank you for your word. You sent your word and healed us and delivered us and from all our destructions. The word of God, Jesus, became flesh and dwelt among us. Went all, all through, giving us an example of how we should live our life. We thank you, Lord, and Living Word Family Church and all those that might be watching this otherwise will draw nearer to you. Build their faith and speak your word and begin to see great things happen in their lives. We give you praise for that. Give you all thanksgiving tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, have a good evening. It's good to see you. I'll see you soon. Thanks for listening. We hope that this message encouraged and equipped you in your walk with Christ. Make sure to follow us on Facebook or Instagram to stay updated with what's going on at Living Word Family Church. Have a great day.